Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today I have another episode of Tuesday Night Extreme, where I'm going to give my review on ECW's Anarchy Rules 1999. Uh, starting off the evening, we're going to do our first match of the night. It is Jerry Lynn versus Lance Storm. <coughs> uh, starting off the match, uh, Lynn hits a head scissors on Storm. Lynn then lands chops on Storm in the middle of the ring. Lynn then hits a springboard drop kick on Storm, sending Storm to the outside. Storm then sends Lynn into the ropes. Storm then hits a drop kick on Lynn. Storm then hits a leg drop on Lynn as well. Lynn then gets up, hits a crossbody off the top rope on Storm to the outside. Lynn then hits a drop kick off the top rope on Storm. Lynn and Storm both exchange in the middle of the ring. Lynn hits a German suplex on Storm. The crowd at this point is on their feet. Storm hits an inverted DDT on Lynn. Storm then sets up a chair in the corner. Lynn then hits a sunset powerbomb off the top rope on Storm. Lynn then hits a DDT on Storm on a chair. Storm then hits a backbreaker on Lynn as well. <coughs> Storm then is uh, going after the injured ribs of Jerry Lynn. Lynn then gets up, hits a stunner on Storm. Lynn then hits a hurricane runner off the top rope on Storm. But then Storm hits a roll-up on Lynn, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Lance Storm. Um, again, this was a really good opening match. It really, really was. And honestly, Jerry Lynn probably gives uh, Lance Storm probably at some of his best matches, to be honest. Because Lance Storm, to me, he has the athletic ability, don't get me wrong. He has the ring savvy, and he knows what he's obviously doing in that squared circle. But it's he's not really, you know, for him being an ECW, like I told you guys before, it doesn't really fit. Um, but him working with Jerry Lynn, those guys gel together in that ring perfectly, man. I mean, they know each other, you know, what they're going to do. You know, it's like – and they could play off each other, and it's really, really cool to see. And, again, like I told you guys before, if you have two wrestlers in there that can gel together perfectly – it makes for a fantastic match, and this was a really, really good match. Um, honestly, it could have main evented any ECW pay-per-view back in the day, honestly. Um, after that match, we go to our next match of the evening. It is Jazz versus Tom Marquez. Um, this was kind of like a squash match, if you will. Uh, Jazz hits a Jazz Stinger on Marquez. Simon Diamond and DeVito attack Jazz in the middle of the ring. Nova and Chetty uh, come out to the ring. They are here to attack Diamond and DeVito. Pretty much the match goes to no winner. But then it sets up our next match of the evening. It is Nova and Chetty versus Simon Diamond and Tony DeVito. Uh, starting off the match, Nova and Chetty are showing showing great uh, tag teamwork. Nova hits a crossbody to the outside on Diamond and DeVito. DeVito then gets up, hits a powerbomb on Nova. DeVito then hits a huge, humongous botch in the in this match. It was bad. Uh, Roadkill and Danny Doring are here. Roadkill hits, uh, hits a powerbomb on Diamond. Doring then hits a devastating leg drop off the top rope on Simon Diamond. Roadkill and Doring both attack Jazz. A whole brawl breaks out. New Jack is here. New Jack attacks everybody. New Jack hits someone with a pull stick. Nick Jack then hits Rob Price with a stapler. And then New Jack ends up hitting Rob Price with his signature guitar shot. Um, again, there was no real winner, just like in the, ja uh, the Jazz and uh, Tom Marquez match. But it was really cool seeing New Jack. That guy, like I told you guys before, that guy is absolutely insane. If you guys ever, you know, watch ECW stuff or seen ECW stuff, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. He was always that guy that would jump off like the second store balcony onto a table onto somebody or come out. He always came out with a bunch of weapons or like, you know, guitars or, you know, I don't know, vacuum cleaners or, you know, computer stuff and all that and just use that on his opponents. And the crowd was loving it. The crowd was eating it up. And it was always cool, too, because every time New Jack came out, his music played throughout the entire time he was out there just, you know, 
destroying his opponents, man. It was absolutely phenomenal. So that was probably the best part of this match was having New Jack come out and just, you know, destroy everybody. So that was pretty cool. Um, after that match, we can go into our next match of the evening. It is Guido versus Super Crazy versus Tajiri in a triple threat match. Uh, kind of eliminator, if you will. Uh, starting out the match, though, Crazy hits a crossbody off the top rope on Guido. Tajiri then launches Guido onto the ramp. Absolutely brutal spot. Crazy then hits a springboard dropkick on Tajiri. Tajiri then gets up, hits a acai moonsault on Guido and Crazy on the outside. Big Sal then attacks Tajiri and Super Crazy. Guido then hits a leg drop off the top rope on Tajiri. Tajiri then gets up, hits a German suplex on Guido. Crazy then hits a springboard acai moonsault on Guido and Tajiri on the outside as well. Guido and Crazy apply a submission on Tajiri that was absolutely brutal. Guido then hits an unprettier on Crazy. Crazy then hits a moonsault off the top rope on Guido. Pins Guido. Guido is now eliminated. Uh, Crazy then hits a springboard moonsault on Tajiri. Tajiri then gets up, hits a DDT on Super Crazy. Super Crazy then gets up, hits an inverted tornado DDT on Tajiri in the middle of the ring. Tajiri then hits a buzzsaw kick on Crazy. And then Tajiri hits, hits his signature brain buster on Super Crazy. Pins over to three, and your winner of the match is Tajiri. Again, this was a fantastic match. And, you know, these, you know, Guido and Super Crazy and Tajiri, they're cruiserweights. And I, you guys know by now with the WCW reviews I do or Monday Night Madness, I always rave about the cruiserweights, man, because they're always going to give you an action-packed match. And I'm a firm believer that it's not always about quantity. It's about quality matches because as matches you can go back on years down the road, years down the line, be like, I remember that match. Like from people that watch wrestling way back in the day, you know, they probably remember Harley Race versus Rain, uh, Ric Flair in that steel cage match. I believe uh, I believe Gene Kanitsky was actually the special uh, guest referee back for the NWO days or, you know, when Hogan turned heel and joined the NWO or, you know, Undertaker versus Mankind in that Hell in a Cell match at King of the Ring. Matches like that. And that's quality matches. Matches, some of those matches you'll never see again or never even be duplicated again. And these are this is one of these matches because this match was absolutely fantastic. I thought it was great. It was back and forth. And again, it goes back to what I originally stated about Jerry Lynn and Lance Storm. If you have competitors that just gel in that ring together perfectly, it makes for one hell of a match. And this is exactly this is that pure example of that right here. These guys know each other inside that ring, and they just give the fans a phenomenal show. I mean, the fans were on the edge of their seat throughout this entire match, chanting ECW. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, after that match, though, we go into our next match of the evening. It is Just Incredible versus Sabu. Uh, starting off the match, Sabu attacks Credible in the middle of the ring. Sabu then sets, a, uh, sets up a table on the ramp. Credible then hits a splash off the top rope on Sabu through a table. Sabu then gets up, hits a springboard sidekick on Credible. Sabu then hits another springboard senton on Credible on the outside. Sabu then hits a springboard leg drop on Credible. Sabu then hits another springboard leg drop on Credible on the outside on a table. Credible then gets up, hits Sabu with a kendo stick. Sabu then hits another springboard DDT on Credible. Credible then gets up, hits a stunner on Sabu. Sabu then hits a moonsault on Credible. Uh, Jason then gets involved in the match, hits Sabu with a kendo stick. Then Alfonso gets involved and hits a kick on Jason. Then Credible ends up hitting a tombstone pile driver on Sabu, pins over to three, and your winner of the match is just incredible. Again, fantastic match. And I know in this match, there was a lot of springboard maneuvers from Sabu, a lot. That's all he seemed to do in this match. Like, I mean, Sabu is great. Don't get me wrong. The guy, Sabu is a legend. But all he wanted to do was, 
or seemed to do in his arsenal of moves was always some kind of springboard maneuver where there was a springboard senton, springboard leg drop, or, you know, a moonsault springboard. You know, it was just crazy. And <clears throat> Credible was doing a fantastic job, too, trying to keep up with Sabu because Sabu is very fast. You never know what he's going to do. <clears throat> and it just made for a really good match. And I, I, I really did think this match was really good. So hats off to Credible for getting the win. And again, hats off for Sa- you know, to Sabu because that guy is absolutely insane. Um, after that match, we go to our next match of the evening. It is Taz defending his ECW ECW Heavyweight Championship against Tanaka and Mike Awesome. Uh, starting off the match, Tanaka hits a crossbody on the outside on Mike Awesome. Awesome and Tanaka both exchange in the middle of the ring. Taz then hits a Tazplex on Awesome and Tanaka. Tanaka and Awesome both attack Taz in the middle of the ring. Taz then hits an overhead suplex off the top rope on Mike Awesome. Awesome then gets up, hits a frog splash off on Taz off the top rope, pins him for the three, and Taz is now eliminated. Um, after Taz is eliminated, though, the locker room is watching from the stage. Awesome then hits a tope on Tanaka to the outside. Awesome then hits a powerbomb on Tanaka in the middle of the ring. Tanaka then hits a springboard clothesline on Awesome. Tanaka then hits, an, uh, hits Awesome with a chair shot. Tanaka then hits t- Tornado DDT off the chair on the ramp. Tanaka then hits a drop kick off the top rope on Awesome. Tanaka then hits a Tornado DDT off the top rope on Awesome through another chair. Uh, Tanaka then hits a powerbomb on Awesome. Awesome then gets up, hits a release powerbomb on Tanaka through a table on the outside. Awesome then hits a devastating Alabama slam on Tanaka. Awesome then hits a frog splash on off the top rope on Tanaka, pins it for the two. Awesome then hits Tanaka with a chair shot. Tanaka then gets up, hits a somersault stunner on Awesome. Awesome then gets up, hits a release German suplex on Tanaka that looked absolutely brutal. Awesome then hits a powerbomb off the top rope on Tanaka through a table. Pins over the three, and your winner of the match and new at that time, ECW heavyweight champion, is Mike Awesome. Uh, but after the match, though, Taz comes back to the ring, hands the ECW championship to Mike Awesome. A little respect there from Taz to Mike Awesome, which I do respect, respect the hell out of that. Because Taz, again, Taz is one phenomenal athlete, you know, when people think of ECW, Taz is definitely the name that pops up nine times out of ten. Taz is a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal superstar. And this match was really, you know, it was significant uh, for, for Taz because I've seen many documentaries and stuff like that. This was actually Taz's send-off match to join WWE. Um, I feel like his contract was up or – Vince pretty much bought out Taz and had Taz come over to WWE. So this was kind of a send-off uh, for Taz from ECW going forward to WWE. Um, looking back on it, honestly, I mean, some people might agree with him going to WWE. I don't think so. Now, credit, uh, some people will say, well, ECW folded. Look, I, Taz, I don't – like, obviously, I don't think money really played too much a part of his career. Like, yeah, money's important, you know, pay your bills. I understand that. I completely get that. But Taz was a wrestler's wrestler, and he did everything Paul Heyman needed him to do, and vice versa. And I think the working relationship that Taz had with Paul back in the day was just fantastic. You know, and I feel like if he would have just stayed a little bit longer with ECW, who knows what what would have happened. I've, I've stated this in the past. If ECW would have had the financial backing – that they needed to get them over to the top, over that mountaintop to be a mainstay in professional wrestling. I, you know, they probably still would have had fantastic matches till this day. And there's probably some talent that's out there right now that's, that are currently wrestling for different companies or other promotions that would love to be working for ECW, like John Moxley. 
Um, I think John Moxley would have done fantastic in ECW. Um, you know, having Taz there. I mean, hey, there's so many Darby Allen. You know, there's so many other names that would be great for ECW if they were to be around to this day. You know, unfortunately, they are not. But this was a really fantastic match. And again, it was a send off for Taz because Taz was going to WWE. And to be honest, I don't think Taz going to WWE was pretty much the best thing for his career because it looked like they had nothing to do for him as far as booking him in matches. So, but all in all, this was a great match. Hats off to Mike Awesome for at that time getting the ECW Heavyweight Championship. And Mike Awesome and Tanaka are always going to give you a fantastic match because of their FMW days. And those guys just, you know, those guys just beat the hell out of one another. That's exactly what they did, you know, and it shows in every ECW match. It really does. So it's fantastic stuff. Um, after that match, though, we go into our next match of the evening. It is Raven and Tommy Dreamer versus Rhino and Steve Carino. Again, this was a really short match. Dreamer and Rhino both exchanged in the middle of the ring. Dreamer hits a neckbreaker on Rhino off the top rope. Dreamer then hits Rhino with a chair shot. Rhino then gets up, hits a spine buster on Dreamer. Raven is here. Raven hits a DDT on Rhino. Dreamer and Raven both hit a DDT on Victory and Carino. Pin him for the three and your winners of the match and new ECW Tag Team Champions at that time. Tommy Dreamer and Raven. Um, again, lackadaisical match. It was cool that they won the ECW Tag Team Championships at that time. But there was a little storyline, like a story going between Raven and Tommy Dreamer. It's like they got along, but they didn't got along. And it made for a great storyline and possibly, and then later down the line, a great match. You know, it, it, Raven always came out. It seemed like Raven always came out to save Tommy Dreamer at the last moment. So definitely set up for a good storyline. Um, after that match, they'll be going to our main event of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Rob Van Dam defending his ECW Television Championship against Mahoney. Uh, starting off the match, Mahoney hits a clothesline on Rob. Rob then gets up, hits a springboard sidekick on Mahoney. Rob then hits a senton off the top rope on Mahoney. Mahoney then gets up, hits a leg drop on Rob in the middle of the ring. Mahoney then hits a spine buster straight out of Arn Anderson's book on Rob Van Dam. Mahoney then hits a uh, uh, frog splash off the top rope on Rob. Rob then gets up, hits a superplex off the top rope on Mahoney. Mahoney then gets up, hits a powerbomb on Rob. Mahoney then hits a devastating power driver on Rob in the middle of the ring. Mahoney then hits a super kick on Rob. Mahoney then hits Rob with a chair shot. Bill Alfonso hits Mahoney with a chair. Rob then hits a Van Damener off the top rope on Mahoney. Then Rob gets to the top rope, hits a signature frog splash on Mahoney, pins it for the three, and your winner of the match, and still at that time, ECW television champion, Rob Van Dam. Again, fantastic match. Um, this event was not that bad. It was really a good event. And to be honest, from top to bottom, whoever booked this card, I don't know if it was Paul back in the day or somebody else, they did a great job. The only thing I'll take away from this, and you guys know this about me by now, if you come here and listen to these podcasts, that the heavyweight championship needs to be the last, needs to be the main event. It needs to be the main event because it highlights your best championship, especially on a pay-per-view. That Taz versus Mike Awesome versus Tanaka match as the main event would have been absolutely perfect. That was a fantastic match and a great send-off for Taz. You always put your main championship on on last, always. Or if you have a, you know, a gimmick pay-per-view like a Hell in a Cell or a Royal Rumble or a King of the Ring, the Hell in a Cell needs to be the main event. The King of the Ring needs to be the main event. Or the Royal Rumble needs to be the last match on that card. Because that's what the pay-per-view is about. Or you put the championship on the last match of the night. Your main championship, the World Heavyweight Championship, needs to be the main event. 
you know, that, that, cause it's everything, you know, comes together looking forward to the heavyweight championship. Every single one of those competitors in the locker room are looking to become more heavyweight championships. So you want to keep that heavyweight championship aura by putting that belt on as the main event. You know, it's the crown jewel. It's exactly what you want. So other than that, that's the only bad thing I can say about this. The other two things I'll take away too, is that the jazz and Tom Marquez match and the Nova and Chetty versus, I believe it was, yeah, it was Nova and Chetty in a tag match and they didn't go to a finish at all. Like the jazz match didn't go to a clean finish, which was kind of disappointing. You know, I kind of wanted to see a clean finish. And then, yeah, the Nova and Chetty versus Simon Diamond and Tony DeVito match. Kind of wish it was a clean finish, to be honest with you, because Nova, you know, is a part of the, you know, the Blue Ward Order, you know, with Blue Meanie and Stevie Richards. So it would have been cool to see a clean finish. So that's that's my really only takeaway about this. Other than that, this card was not that bad. I would have to give it a seven and a half. The only thing, the only reason why I'm not giving this, I'm not saying this show was bad or awful. The the Taz match with Mike Awesome and Tanaka should have been the main event. And those other two matches were either not needed or should have been clean finishes. That's my only takeaway from this event. Other than that, this event was fantastic from top to bottom. I would have to give it a seven and a half. I just feel like if they would have changed some stuff up, maybe took a, you know had some clean finishes or added some different matches, you know maybe there would have been a, a whole lot better of a show. But other than that, it wasn't that bad. I'm not gonna say it was the worst, but I'm not gonna say it was the best ECW show I've ever seen. So, all in all, this is my review of Tuesday Night Extreme. And my review of ECW Anarchy Rules 1999. So I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful. And remember, stay classic. Peace.